You do want to, or you do kill people with it? Yep. Well, that ambiguous yep can only mean one thing. Welcome to Super Duperstitious. <laughs> the uh, paranormal podcast about the science of the spooky. There, I did the original one for you. Hey, there you go. And you might Google along the way, too. I'm Wyatt. I'm Jake. Welcome back, everybody. And welcome if it's your first time listening as well. Oh, yes. And welcome to first time listeners. You have a lot of catching up to do. <laughs> this is episode, what, 136? 136, baby. This is a serialized podcast. You do need to hear all of them to understand what's happening in this one. So feel free to exactly. pause right now, listen to the other 135, and we'll join you in a few weeks. weeks. How, how many hours? Let's say they're all roughly an hour and up. Yep. So that's 135 hours. Uh huh. So we're talking uh, by 24. A little over a, five and a half days. About a business week. Assuming you don't sleep. Which, how could you listening to <laughs> Tent of This Quality? I dare say if REI, LL Bean, and <laughs> another one. What? <laughs> Coleman, maybe they make tents. Coleman. Coleman. I don't know. They make water bottles and other camp equipment. Who knows? You put those three businesses in a room with a you know a bottle or two of uh, something nice and no protection. <laughs> Bass Pro Shops. Bass Pro Shops. They they can watch. <laughs> and uh, let me tell you, eighteen months later, quality tent. So this is a show where we talk about spooky things and try and analyze that from a scientific perspective. Uh, yeah, yes. If you hadn't gathered that from where we're at right now. Yeah. Uh, any updates since we last recorded, Mr. Shelley? We've, we've, we took a little bit of a week off this past week. We took You've a little been bit of a week off. I, as usual, have uh, far too many things to even know what to do with myself. Just got through a nice big move, which was very delightful and successful. Mm -hmm. We are now installed in an even happier healthier and more beautiful apartment than we've ever been in before a more not owned by the previous landlord you had apartment than you've ever had before oh uh, we need to go down the road but yes and <laughs> uh you know we painted we were allowed to paint which was really fun that's cool i see uh, you went for school hallway white yeah <laughs> exactly chalk chalk on the board white <laughs> um Anyway, that's my updates, other than uh, I'm not getting my work done. <laughs> Great. How about you? <laughs> uh, not a whole lot here. We both now, as of like a few hours ago for you, we are oh now both vaccinated. Well, I guess two weeks from now, we'll both be fully vaccinated, but we both have both shots. Yes. Thank you for the reminder. I My short-term memory is completely gone now. <laughs> I, I get up and I forget exactly what I was doing. So if in a couple of hours you find yourself feeling like absolute shit, you'll maybe remember why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I officially have vaccine dose number two, and mm. I'm on the clock for feeling like shit, so we'll see if I start <laughs> panting and sweating in this episode. You'll know why. You'll get to hear the entire experience fully on mic. That's right, exactly. Um, unlike the other times when I'm panting and sweating, just because, I guess. <laughs> and should we set the table for today's thing? Today, we're going to be talking about stuff you guys sent us. All of our groveling, begging, and demanding has finally... Uh, paid off such that we can now we were essentially we we were talking about this in the early days but basically we we're trying to figure out ways to just get our listeners to do our work for us yes we're very busy if you guys want to just provide the content we can then regurgitate back to you that's just ideal you see in this way you get to hear exactly what you want to hear we don't have to work <laughs> literally everybody wins no but seriously thank you guys um, we have some stories, um, and as it is an even episode, Jake, 
durst you? I durst, and I actually would have anyway, because before I even begin my dursting, oh. I have uh, an update on the Phantom of the Chicago. Ooh, my. For those of you joining us for the first time, or at least for the first time since I last did this, the Phantom of the Chicago is the name we have given to the series of sightings of weird huge humanoid bat creatures often with glowing red eyes flying around uh the chicago area you guys know the ones yeah mostly since 2017 these are largely reported on by lon strickler of the website phantomsandmonsters.com but also a little bit by the singular Fortean society and uh ufo clearinghouse very fun name <laughs> all of them working quote unquote working together on um all of these stories and <laughs> yeah. uh it's also known as like yeah the the chicago mothman the chicago owl man all these things are what we're talking about and uh here are some more how how's your eye <laughs> oh it's good i am still having my migraine oh no <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry but i'm here okay and i am happy <laughs> great Take me away, Mothman. Okay, so, uh, yeah, I'll begin with this first one. It's from good old Lon. At approximately 4 p.m. Central Time, eyewitness J.D. was getting off the Metro bus at the intersection of South Jeffrey Boulevard and East 67th Street in Jackson Park Highlands in South Chicago, near the Mobile gas station. Talking about Salinger? Must be. J.D. noticed an unusual flying being approximately 100 to 120 feet above him, adjacent to an apartment building in the vicinity. J.D. describes the entity as black in color with bat-like wings, a small bulbous head, and what seemed to be tentacles extending from behind it. Whoa, upgrade. That's <laughs> a, new, a new wrinkle to this story. He says that it was definitely biological and seemed to be looking down at him and others. <laughs> that thing is definitely biological. <laughs> I'm assuming it was flesh-like. That's exactly. Uh, I think that's a <laughs> good stand-in. Carry um, on. He began to follow it as it made its way over Jackson Park and the golf course. As he continued to follow the entity into a stretch of trees, the entity rolled and displayed an emerald green light on the underbelly. Oh. During, during the entire time, the entity never flapped its wings, but flew up and down in altitude. Op, like A-U-H-P? O-P and down. It's a typo that was included in the oh. final version of it, and I'm reading it as is. Oh, that's over people and down. Ah, oh, that makes sense. Okay. Uh, also, J.D. sensed that the entity was watching him as he chased it. It would dip and turn towards him on occasion. J.D. never determined the structure of a face. The winged being eventually turned towards Lake Michigan and quickly flew towards the east. Huh. Uh, that night and several subsequent night, J.D. has very livid and frightening dreams of the winged being flying towards him and displaying an owl-like head and face with large, round, amber eyes. Livid and frightening dreams. Indeed. Also, uh, never mind that he could not make out the structure of a face. Yes, now he's getting that in the dreams anyway. J.D. is positive that the entity knew that he was following it and that wanted him to remember the incident. Uh, the event has bothered J.D. since that day, only recently deciding to come forward and make a report. Wow. Well, that is definitely becoming a more complex situation over there <laughs> it sounds Chicago. like i'm a little bit concerned not so much for jd as i am for the mothman himself or the phantom <laughs> of the chicago i'm hoping that it they is okay 
Yeah. Uh, it's. I mean, maybe this is just an upgrade. Like the tentacles are uh, a thing it works towards throughout its life cycle. Like it's it's, some kind of frightening Pokemon type thing that <laughs> <it> is might be <laughs> steadily becoming more elaborate and shiny as it grows and matures. There have been no reports so far of sound from uh, any of these sightings. They're highly visual experiences. But if anyone does hear it, we'll know for sure if they hear it just screaming its name. Yeah. We also have a more recent uh, story from UFO Clearinghouse. What, did you get this one on discount, Jake? I uh, What's the say? term for like really, really low prices? I don't know. <laughs> low prices? <laughs> bottom... <laughs> Something with bottom? Uh, I I don't know. There was I thought there was some kind of idiom that people use for selling stuff, and I don't remember the what it is. The only idioms are the people who buy shit full price. <laughs> I got this at a good bargain, and uh, I'll start reading it. Hello, my name is Redacted, and I work as a shuttle bus driver at O'Hare Airport. I was working on <laughs> April 21st, 2021, near the new parking terminal near Zemke Road and at about 6 p.m. I was staged and had wandered away from my bus to take a smoke break when I saw a large owl fly over the top of the building and disappear behind the parking garage. It must have been at least 30 to 40 feet off the ground when I saw it fly over. It made no sound and looked like a giant black thing with very large wings. I saw Mm -hmm. it for all of two or three seconds as it flew overhead and over the building and out of sight. I didn't see it again and I saw nothing else when I drove around to the other side after starting my route again. I know the stories of the moth band that is seen around O'Hare, and that's why I, when I saw your reports that I decided to write to you about what I saw. So that is the full report as given by Redacted. Then Manuel Navarrete of UFO Clearinghouse goes into his little investigator's notes afterward where he mostly just repeats exactly what he just said. Um, right. But he said, I spoke with the gentleman via telephone for a few minutes regarding his sighting. The witness seemed very hesitant in regards to speaking about his sighting. He says that he was advised by his superiors that it was a misidentification of a large bird and that he should not speak to anyone else about these sightings. So now there's a cover-up aspect. I see. Because I was going to say the guy was like, I saw a large owl and yeah. then went on to describe what it would be like to see a large owl fly uh-huh. I don't know, 30 to 40 feet over the <laughs> ground. Yes. But this is where I actually, from um, from Manuel's uh, like probing, and get some more interesting details. So when I asked him regarding the sighting and if he thought he had indeed seen a large bird... He said that he was certain that it was not a large bird, as the wingspan was easily 15 to 20 feet in width, and the object seen was easily the size of a human being. He described it as humanoid in shape and solid black and moving faster than he had seen any bird fly. I do wonder if he started out saying it looked like an owl, and then saying, oh yeah, it was huge and humanoid in shape. I feel like there are probably some leading questions getting him there from old uh, Manuel. He's like, so how much like the Phantom of the Chicago did it look? <laughs> uh, the witness did not elaborate on any other details other than he was certain it was not any bird seen around the airport, at least not one he had seen in his time on the job. The witness did not wish to speak with the investigator anymore, and he was thanked for his report and his time, and the call ended. Subsequent requests for information via email and phone were not returned. Ooh. So he I wonder was- if Navarrete asked if it was a plane. <laughs> And then he's like, okay, this call's done, and then just refused to take any more calls from him. <laughs> going, someone going for a night glide, hand glider style. These things happen frequently around airports, I feel like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Classic night glide. Perhaps the best way to go to, I am guessing, federal prison. <laughs> yes. Um, interesting that he did not mention, well, I guess it's more of Lon's terminology to say that it is something biological. 
or flesh like <laughs> flesh like or remember. excuse me people who submit stories to a lot <laughs> right, right, right and uh manuel navarrete goes more for just like really probably real stories that he then tries to extrapolate anything interesting from Indeed. Um, we're going to probably lean back on our original exp- explanation which is this is just birds yeah or a scary monster man would you believe me if i told you that manuel navarrete also goes by Lynn Manuel Navarrete Miranda. <laughs> yes. Let's jump into our stories. All right. The first one comes to us from Dana of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. Dana sent this one to us back in March. I, I do also want to preface this particular segment saying that it does involve, as a lot of ghost stories tend to, uh, mentions of death, and in this case, pretty brutal, awful kind of murdery type things. So keep that in mind. Um, if you'd like to skip that, I don't blame you. Jump a few minutes ahead. Uh, if you still hear me talking at length, then jump ahead until you hear Wyatt. <laughs> and uh, yeah, let's see. It begins here. As a paranormal skeptic, I think most stories have a logical explanation or are just made up. Undoubtedly, this is why I enjoy your show. Oh, hey, thanks. Oh, hey. Hopefully, my story falls into the former category and you can help shed light. Here it goes. I graduated from college during a recession and struggled to find a job. I finally got work with a program that provided rental assistance to low-income families. It was my job to inspect rent houses and certify they were fit for habitation before the agency copped up money. Mm. It was at the end of the 80s, and I was a 22-year-old middle-class white chick with huge bangs and a journalism degree. I'm hoping some featheredness going on with the hair there, too. Uh, Inspecting HVAC units, testing window locks, measuring electrical currents, detecting gas leaks, looking for lead paint, etc. I experienced some truly horrific things. To this day, I can't discuss some of the rodent and insect experiences. (laughs) Uh, I had to walk through basements with mysteriously disturbing stains, and once I awkwardly discovered a tenant running a brothel in her apartment. It was a two-year crash course on real life. One day, I was inspecting a relatively decent three-bedroom home located in a sketchy but not awful neighborhood. Both the landlord and tenant were there, and oddly, both of them were easygoing and nice to talk with. I inspected the exterior, garage, and living areas, and everything was great. Then I walked into one of the back bedrooms and immediately felt my hair stand on end. It was just an empty bedroom, but I had an overwhelming sense of fear and dread, more powerful than I have ever felt before or since. I looked around to see what might be causing my reaction, but there was nothing. Regardless, I had to get out of that room. The landlord and tenant were both standing there continuing their conversation as though nothing had happened. Instead of checking on the electrical outlets, windows, etc., I just mumbled something like, this all looks fine, and bolted from the room. I went into another bedroom, and everything was okay again. My heart was still pounding, and I was still shaking, but I didn't have the sense of absolute dread and panic. I finished the inspection and got out of there as quickly as I could. I remember the landlord and tenant looking at me a bit strangely, but there was no way I was going to say anything. Mm-hmm. I might have forgotten about the entire incident if the tenant hadn't shown up in my office about a month later. Oh no! She sat down and announced that she needed to remove herself from the program. I was hoping this was good news, that maybe she, had, uh, maybe she found a great job or something. But when I asked why, she began sobbing. Her boyfriend had killed her infant son in the house. Oh my god. Yes. Immediately, I got that roaring in my ears and tunnel vision that makes you think you're going to faint. I don't know how I got through the rest of the conversation. I have no memory of it. Ugh. The only thing going through my head was that I knew he had killed the baby in that room. Ugh. The internet wasn't much of a thing at the time, so there was no way I could find out for sure, even if I wanted to. I have no rational explanation for what happened in that room. Thankfully, you've taught me about sound waves and how they can impact people. Is that a possibility? Can it actually drive people to murder? Why would I have such a strong reaction to that room when the people with me didn't? It's been, gulp, more than 30 years since this happened. 
So why can I still recall that horrible feeling like it happened yesterday? Wow. So what are our thoughts on what might be going on there? Well, a lot of good questions. Dana, thank you for the story. Oh my gosh, it's mm. crazy. Um, I would say the... Who can say why such a horrifying tragedy would happen? Mm-hmm. Obviously, the boyfriend was a person living a nightmare of his own for some reason. Yes. Reference to the sound waves makes me think of infrasound, which can make people feel very on edge and kind of like there are ghosts around. Yeah, it can lead to things as, as extreme as feeling like you're being watched, stuff like that. Absolutely. Um, so maybe if you had some sort of like pre-condition of... If he was in some sort of state where he was on the verge of snapping in some way that could right. be enough to put him over the edge potentially certainly wouldn't help interesting that the uh the other folks in the building didn't really seem to notice anything themselves right i would say as well i mean as much as these things kind of line up in a really spooky way at the end of the day it could have just been a very sort of uh creepy coincidence that you would have walked into a room that felt creepy and also a tragedy happened there but i mean whether or not that is just a simple coincidence, it would still, uh, I mean, it would last, it would stick with anyone, you know what I mean? I mean Absolutely. It's uh, extremely intense. There's some rooms you just go into that stick with you for some reason. Um, yeah. And then to have it so... Pff, Traumatically cemented, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> sealed in, um, I would still be thinking about it myself 30 years on. Yeah. If I had seen it at the age of, what, three? <laughs> yes crawled into that room <laughs> um or walked hopefully i guess right you should be you should be toddling around i, think I mean you're allowed to crawl at that age still too if you feel you like are, it. yeah i sure wish that lasted to this day because boy oh boy <laughs> no i'm kidding of course not dead uh, serious go on anyway jake another thing i thought of just now too as far as i i'm just thinking back to different research i've done on the different kind of weird things that can give you a haunting feeling or just an otherwise really unpleasant feeling in rooms and stuff infrasound as you mentioned is one of them uh there's stuff like sensitivity to electromagnetic fields can be a thing for some people too and one of the things that is unique about that is that those kinds of feelings can be kind of different on a person by person basis so if you some people may be more sensitive than others and thus may have a different reaction to other people so maybe that could, if that were what was happening, it could be part of the reason why the other people in the building at the time thought everything seemed fine and you, Dana, personally were feeling less so. Absolutely. Hard to say for sure, um, other than just the feeling you had. I mean, you, not like you can go back now and try and measure stuff in the room or something. <laughs> I, I don't yeah. know. Um, but just based on what your thoughts are on it and what we are able to kind of generally... Uh, Glean. Yeah, that's... That's a guess anyway, but um, otherwise, no, we do appreciate your sending in the story. Yeah. We appreciate all of the snark that accompanied the email that uh, was the story, and uh, and also <laughs> the map of your house showing all the places that you listened to the podcast when you binged it all in, uh, in a hurry. <laughs> um, <laughs> very informative forever in Tulsa. We can walk by like, oh, hey, that's where... That's where Dana listened to uh, Shadowlands Roulette that time and and didn't care for the sound effect. (laughs) Um, Anyway, thank you very much, Dana. Thank you very uh, much. We appreciate it. Yes. And while we're in the uh, while we're in the thanking mood, yeah, I think we should boot up the NCAA device. Yes. 
yes, the NC AAA device, if this is your first time listening, is a sort of ancient spooky computer contraption that we use for something else that you'll just have to listen to the episodes to listen to figure out. <laughs> but listen to the Mounds of March Madness or the recent episode, March Madderness. Anyway, we mostly use it to run the program PANDER, which of course stands for Patron Appreciation Neural Diver Evaluation of Risk, to thank and warn our various amazing patrons uh, about cryptids, creatures, ghoulies, monsters, or other things out there in the world. The Mm -hmm. uh, computer will tell us what they need to be on the lookout for. Jake, take it away. So let's go ahead and first plug it into the backs of our skulls. There we go. Nice connection straight to the brain. And now we can focus on... Amy, Amy from, from Calgary, Calgary, Alberta. Alberta. Amy, we're getting the sense that you should be personally looking out for the Georgia, Georgia Raptor. Raptor. The Georgia Raptor is a troodontid-like creature said to have been sighted in Georgia. Oh, that, that's already sounding pretty good. You're, yeah, you're a fair distance away. Yeah, um, fairly fairly safe in Alberta. If I'm not mistaken, a troodontid uh, loves eggs. Ah. On July 25th, of course, 2008, an 18-year-old man, boy, and his grandfather were <laughs> hunting deer at night in Georgia when they saw an animal which they described as closely resembling a raptor from the popular Jurassic Park movies. It was then suggested that it might have actually been a troodontid, because why not? I mean, honestly. Wow, there's a whole lot about this story. Wow. So much data being presented to our brains right now. It's overwhelming. They evidently saw this thing. It seemed it like scared it scared them. It scared them. It seemed like it was about five feet tall at the shoulders, which made it real big. It's getting into Utah Raptor territory. A little bit, yeah. So I think the best bet, Amy, is to avoid uh, the Georgia. State of Georgia. Avoid July of 2008. And yeah. uh, maybe don't watch Jurassic Park, even though it's a great movie. It's the best movie, but if you do watch it, just keep your eggs off of the ground, and or at least at least oh, keep an I'm eye on them. Ornithomimus. No, I'm not. What am I thinking of, Jake? Help me. I actually don't know. There's uh, let's let's look up Troodontid. Can we Google through, this right now? Let's look it up We're through the. Uh, let's use Panda for something else right now. Yeah. Type in Google function. <laughs> Troodontidae. It's a family of uh, small bird-like, gracile manoraptorans. Ant uh, raptors? Diet. Oh, no, they just ate little stuff. What was I thinking of? I'm not sure. I would be surprised if they didn't eat eggs sometimes. They're kind of like raptor cats. Yeah. So, Amy, keep your eggs, but also, even more importantly, uh, small birds, lizards, and, and mammals um, just kind of out of reach of Georgia. Dinosaur hands. And that, and you'll be great, and thank you so much for supporting thank us you, on really. Patreon. We really appreciate it very much. <laughs> of course, anyone else out there listening, for as little as a dollar a month, you too can have your name entered into the Pander algorithm to have your own dire warning calculated, be mm-hmm. that a dinosaur, mm-hmm. dragon, or other kind of thing that <laughs> did or did not ever exist, but maybe does still in Georgia. We also have bonus content, including monthly curated outtakes and weekly bonus minisodes. So that is another incentive for you and on any and all tiers you can get a nice discount by getting an annual plan instead of month to month so you know even if you just want to join at the dollar a month rate if you jump on for a year i think it works out to be like 
10 bucks for 10 bucks yeah 12 12 dollars worth of content for 10 dollars yes <laughs> the savings are uh, get bigger as the tea yeah, grows up obviously the more you buy yeah. it's kind of like bird seed but I, I believe it worked out to be about two months off um for buying all 12 at once indeed so yeah you should check it out and with that i think let's check out dominic's story yes so this one is from last tuesday hot off the uh the old gmail and i'll jump right in Mm -hmm. i get to actually read this first i need to explain the layout of our apartment to make the story make more sense imagine a square and in each of the four corners was one of our rooms okay that's okay let's see square uh square is the five sides I think I think so. Yeah, I think so. So there's a room in each of those corners. That's five rooms, though. Oh shoot! Oh god. Well, let's maybe if he keeps oh, going, maybe it'll further. make more sense. Yeah. Uh, my roommate had the top left corner. Was this apartment standing on edge? <laughs> I think if you look at it, if you imagine looking at a cross section like a dollhouse, probably that's what he meant. Like a square, there's rooms. They on- lived in a dollhouse, Jake. <laughs> that's fucking bullshit. <laughs> No, I mean, if you were to look at it like what? But maybe he did. I don't know. We don't know. Dominic, uh, write in again. How does a dollhouse look at anything? (laughs) Whatever. My roommate had the top left corner and I had the bottom right. Oh, God. I'm confused already. In between my room and the top right room was our bathroom. In between my room and the bathroom was a large mirror. In between the top right room and the bathroom, we had one of those mounted fish that talk and sing and dance. This is calling me back to something you talked about earlier, I think. Wait, no. Billy Bass, the Big Mouth Bass, or whatever. Yeah. Bass Pro Shops. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're like, I was not talking about dancing <laughs> like, fish earlier. I was like, trying to think of what the hell you were talking about. Yeah. Basses in general. The, the concept of the bass. <laughs> Though it was a bit old and didn't work all the time, and when it did, it didn't always sound the best. I think it was originally supposed to sing Rolling on the River. Instead, it would just shriek. (laughs) Now, the story is in two parts. What my roommate saw and what I saw. I'll start with my roommate. This particular morning, he was the first to get up, and being a cheap college apartment, we could all hear each other's alarms when we got out of bed. Mm -hmm. This is an important detail for later. My roommate got up, and when he opened his door and looked toward the bathroom, he saw the fish facing back at him, as if someone had hit the button to make it sing and dance. <laughs> How upsetting already. Uh, yeah, cause, yeah. People, if, you, if you're not from the U.S. and don't have quite as many awful, gimmicky, bullshit things to buy uh, as we sell here, uh, there was a while back, I don't know, 15 years ago-ish, when there's Jake, just had... Hmm? How dare you? I thought it was bad because someone would have hit that button with no one around to enjoy <laughs> the singing, dancing, flapping, and upsetting, often uh, implacable <laughs> lyrics of Billy Big Mouth Bass. A toy slash confectionery type. Confectionery? What were you doing with these things? <laughs> you... <laughs> Did not eat fish for dinner when you were growing up, Jake? Uh, not mechanical ones? I thought that was the bones. <laughs> anyway, my point was going to be that they are, uh, the thing, it would sing, but it would it would flap its little, it would be like a, a normal mounted taxidermied fish like people would have as a trophy on their walls, 
but it would uh, flap its little tail around and turn its head to face you and kind of flap its little jaw to talk. Thus, if it were turning to look at him when he walked into the room, it would have been like turned, its head would have been turned facing him as opposed to just, you know, it's on the wall and he happened to be coming in from the direction the face already was pointing. And if all of that sounds crazy, just Google singing fish toy tacky <laughs> and it'll get you there yes um right the fish is turned towards him upsetting Creepy. his hell mm-hmm. he was a little off put by this no shit he but he really started to panic when he heard it start to sing and he heard it say look into the mirror over <laughs> and over <laughs> and our hall mirror was less than two feet away in his panic, he ran over and unplugged it from the wall. The rest of the morning, he refused to look into any of the mirrors in our apartment. <laughs> I mean, now if a mechanical fish tells you to look in a mirror, you do not want to look into a mirror, I don't think. Over and over again, especially <laughs> if it's just locked eyes with you. <laughs> look into the mirror. Look into the mirror. If it was rolling uh, on the river not take me to the river then i don't think that would be quite the melody but that's neither here nor there yeah, yeah be, you're right be... <laughs> you're right hey you know what there's only one good band <laughs> and that is of course they might be giant no talking heads <laughs> there you go <laughs> no there's a couple of good bands. Um, um yeah where the hell was i sorry <laughs> he unplugs it the rest of the morning he refused to look in the mirrors of course he does now for my part of the story i woke mm-hmm. up after hearing my roommate get up this wasn't unusual it pretty much happened daily i lean over to my nightstand and drink from my water bottle when i set it down i look over to my door then a large dark shadowy figure emerged from my door <laughs> it was oval shaped and had a dark fog around it I could almost see a figure of a person in it. I was really hoping he would describe a giant mounted fish <laughs> shadow. <laughs> the oval is a, I can see the silhouette of a fish in the like, middle yes, of the oval. oval shaped? Come on, come on. <laughs> it looked very similar to the drawings people have of the shadow people. Mm. It moved from the door to the edge of my bed, then into my closet. That's beyond the edge of my bed. Before going into the sidewall of my closet and disappearing. Then I woke up for real. I've had dreams like this before, but nothing as detailed and realistic feeling. Later that day, my roommate, so I guess he was dreaming, is what he's saying? Maybe, yeah, or at least he was kind of like starting to get ready for the day, and then that happened, and then he was like, okay, I'm paying oh, attention now. I'm up. Yeah, right. Later that day, my roommate and I share our experiences, only to get more freaked out as a result. Let me explain why. No. Anyway, thanks for the story, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> the end. <laughs> uh, my roommate, in his panic, ran over to unplug the fish from the wall. That's when I woke up the first time because his footsteps were louder and more frequent than usual. Then I saw the figure come from my door, then into my closet. But the particular wall it disappeared into was the same wall that the mirror shared. Mm. It disappears into the wall of which the opposite side holds this mirror yes so theoretically if we assume what the fish uh, said was true then if, if the roommate looked into the mirror at that moment who knows what might have been coming it, towards he would him. have been possessed by the spirit of billy bass <laughs> doomed to sing some kind of to the river. water adjacent <laughs> song <laughs> yeah 
Uh, we didn't look into the mirror for a while after that. I wonder what that day was like when you finally did. This happened Oof. about two years ago, and nothing spooky ever happened in our apartment after. But it definitely stuck with us even after we moved out. I still try to figure out explanations for the event. My roommate, when he got up and opened his door, could have caused some of the old wires to rub due to the vibrations causing it to dance and sing. <laughs> he also could have just misheard the poor audio due to the fact that he had just gotten up, which caused him to panic and wake me up due to his footsteps. On my end, I have had dreams like that before, but they weren't as realistic and detailed as this one had been. It also doesn't explain the fact that the figure went into the exact spot in my room where the mirror was on the opposite side. Mm. It's also strange that both of us saw something on the same day and around the same time. I'm not superstitious, but it definitely makes me wonder. Our thoughts? Well, first of all, thank you very much for the story, thank Dominic. You. That is very uh, very odd and interesting. I, I do like the kind of stuff. There's so many kinds of ghost stories out there that often follow similar sort of uh, narratives and stuff. Uh, not a whole lot of them that involve Billy Bass. So, I appreciate Indeed. the uniqueness of that, and uh, the way that something so such a novelty, goofy thing could could be creepy like that. Oh yeah! Oh my god! Um, I feel like the Billy Bass toys in general, they do often just go off randomly, especially if they're left on. I think some of them are actually motion activated when you walk past them. I seem to recall some of the ones in the store when you walk by would just kind of go for it and. It was always like, okay, I'm going to move and They on are the upsetting, aisle. and they are subject to audio decay. Maybe you just said this, Jake, where they no longer sound like they're saying what they should be, which they shouldn't be saying anything in the first place. It's a horrifying, <laughs> gimmicky thing. But yeah, the audio quality was always low to begin with, and if you have whatever the, the thing is playing the audio kind of degrade over time, it's going to get more and more warped sounding, more and more just kind of crushed audio that's harder and harder to make out. And actually, as you did... Even with the wrong song, unintentionally uh, point out the the uh, look into the mirror could That's easily right have followed. It's just, it follows the That's same rhythm song. as rolling on the river. And also, this reminds me of the tickle me Elmo issues. Yes, <laughs> the generalized Elmo problems of Elmo toys, which we covered a few episodes, back. episodes ago. That was on. I keep going, but I'll, I'll find the episode number where you have. Toys, again, basically, that are designed to make a sound of some kind that is mm -hmm. ideally intelligible English. And with enough bit crushing to just com totally to, compress that audio yes. down into the space that can be uh, cheaply stored on In, something. Uh, you exactly. end up with things like, I guess it's episode 127, you get things like Elmo saying, kill James or who wants yeah. to die. <laughs> and then giggling, which is hilarious. Uh-huh um so yeah feasibly and also i will say this as well perhaps dominic you and your former roommate were subject to a minor amount of folly ado which can happen to any of us especially when we've both had oneself and a friend have had strange experiences close in time and also in proximity too exactly it's, shared it's the very, space shared something weird very natural to then try and link those because like well maybe there's some kind of thing that just explains why we both had a weird thing happen to us it's not a very satisfying answer, but no. it seems like probably just coincidence that a weird old bass did a weird thing, and you saw something strange upon waking up, especially if it's the kind of dream you had had before. Right. It, it's possible that you could have some lingering, sleepy effects happening there, uh, exactly. but also it's, I mean, it's its still very weird, so. And God forbid, uh, God forbid what you experienced was actually something real. 
at least uh, you guys did not look into the mirror when the fish wanted you to. So it seems like it worked out for the best. You guys are still around to to tell the tale. Carry the <laughs> dark curse. <laughs> yes. The Billy Bass. You bear the mark of the bass fish. <laughs> you also conspicuously left out the stories of your two other roommates who, God can only hope as well, did not stare into the mirror that morning. <laughs> I guess it's a story for another time. Thank you very much, Dominic. Yes. We appreciate it. And while we're thanking people, we have someone else to thank, and that is this time oh. a big old thanks for beer. Thank you so much, beer. Um, and not just any Specifically beer. beer from Four Phantoms. <laughs> yes. The grooviest little brewery in western Massachusetts. They are shipping off to Greenfield just up the road from East Hampton, mm-hmm. so soon enough uh, we'll, be, we'll be sending you that way once they open their brick and mortar. And as people continue to get vaccinated here in North America, mm-hmm. thank think science and and the goodness of public infrastructure i guess but that's not what i'm talking about we're talking about beer we're talking about beer and that of course is the beer from <laughs> four phantoms i'm just kidding <laughs> um we're talking great, about beer the groovy little brewery in western <laughs> massachusetts uh, right now they have some cool stuff on tap or i guess not quite on tap yet but on can which includes a uh, purple potion a really great boysenberry sour with a hint of lavender, which I... Uh, boysenberry. Which I'm very fond of. They got the uh, Battle Standard, mm-hmm. which we just had another of last night. It's a it's a German lager, but it's got a little something else going on in there, and it's extremely delicious. Solid lager. Solid lager. Uh, they've got their Hand of Doom, which is an intense 9% oatmeal stout, and I'm I would imagine they've got dirtweed going pretty much around the year. Yeah, a very which uh, is my gosh darn one of my favorite IPAs now. And uh, yeah, so for now you can get four fandoms from various locations that sell beer in Massachusetts and Rhode Island. Indeed. You can also arrange for curbside pickup. Uh, you can contact Drew directly through the email address we put in every episode, and uh, not not long from now you'll be able to go and actually. Have a nice glass in person, and won't that be amazing? Mm-mm-mm. I hope we can do so together as well. Maybe even record an episode with him in the brewery, which is a plan I've now set in motion. It's happening. It's set in stone now. Plan for that. Get ready for that at some point in the next one to two years. <laughs> <laughs> you and I both have both shots now, so really two weeks from now, anything is possible. It's true. I'm one fever and sweaty night, and then two weeks away from fun. <laughs> I'm already starting to feel a little bit bizarre. Oh, no. <laughs> Above and beyond the migraine you already have? Yes. That was an unwelcome <laughs> visitor, I must say. I was like, I can't believe this is happening. I get the aura, so I'm like, gosh darn. Thanks. And anyone who doesn't know what that is, it's not like you start glowing. I do that for other reasons. Um, <laughs> anyway, beer, it's great. We thank them. You can also support them if you aren't able to buy it or if you've had it and like it. Either way, go to untap. Untapped. We'll send the link to specifically their page, and uh, you can leave a nice and creative review, even if you haven't had the beer, just saying something nice about them. Exactly. Uh, helps, helps boost their profile. And if you mention us in your fun review, we will read it on the show. Hell yeah. So thank you very much for our fandoms. We love you guys. And uh, yeah, back to the show. Samo Stowe. Uh, Reese. So Jake, sh- shall we from sh- Shamora Storm Star- Tales? Yes. I have got another submission that's also from last week. It's from last Thursday, I believe. So it's funny. You know, recently I was like, okay, maybe if we, in a couple months, we'll have enough listener stories to do an episode. 
And then all at once, people started sending stuff in. I was like, oh, we could just do one. This is great. <laughs> so this one's from Ariel uh, <laughs> from last week. Thank you very much for sending this in. Not, this is very fun, I have to say, oh, by the way. It's so cool. This is a also, treat. Another thing, I do skim the stories to like, because people say, hey, this is good. Is it okay that I said this? Like, of course it's okay. We love this. Thank you so much. And yeah. then I want to just kind of give it a quick skim because, like, is this, is this okay? Is this good for the show? And I'll check it. I was like, I'm already saying yes in my head, but just to see generally what it is. But I don't want to spoil what's in the content. It's fun to experience it for the first time together on the show, which we're doing right. now. Exactly. Uh, in this case, this is not exactly a story. It's just kind of a fun and cool thing, which Ariel sent. Uh, she says, I just listened to the Bloody Mary segment. I used to play it all the time when I was a kid with friends. My bathroom happens to have walls that are all mirrors. Oh, I did see this. <laughs> I thought you'd be interested in seeing a few pictures. According to the legend I know, Bloody Mary is supposed to melt your face when you see her. But that Oof. could be attributed to the effect that happens when you look at your own face for an extended period of time as it warps. Anyway, enjoy the pictures of my oh, weird-ass bathroom. So I think that's cool because we, we talked in that episode with uh, with all Schmitty the Clam that there are <laughs> different different takes on the legend of Bloody Mary and different uh, possible outcomes of what's supposed to happen when you do summon her. And I hadn't heard that one in particular that your face will melt once she arrives. But it's super cool that based on the neurological things happening when you stare at one image, especially the image of your own face that long in low light, the kind of things that can happen do include the image starting to seemingly kind of warp and even boil in front of your eyes. And Indeed. that would totally track with the idea of your face melting. <laughs> Which is painless. Yes. And so, yeah, here we got a photo just straight on at the main mirror. Uh, looking. It is mirror-tastic. It's pretty mirror-tastic. So there's just, uh, there's how y'all take the picture. Very, very mirror And then looking to one For side, you can at see. at home, she has a fully mirrored sink and tub. Yes, so you look to one direction, you can see forever. Look the other direction, see opposite forever. forever. <laughs> yes. Uh, and so if ever there were a place to summon Bloody Mary or to just feel kind of creeped out if you're going to the bathroom at nighttime in like low lighting, that is the place for it. I will say as well, if you ever need to examine yourself medically while peeing <laughs> or doing whatever you're doing in yeah. the bathroom, very <laughs> perfect bathroom. I think I said it in my response in the email, but I'm always fascinated by the people who design bathrooms like that. It happens more, I feel like, at hotels, but where they have just so much mirror <laughs> in all the places <laughs> where you're going to be the least clothed. No, Nobody looks that good. <laughs> Especially having the mirrors that are facing each other so you get the infinity effects. Like, I think people want to see their entire naked body exactly one billion times yeah <laughs> or until there's like uh what is it what's the term for it when the light you know eventually you do just get just fades into blackness i can't remember the exact what the term is for that specifically but the light is absorbed mm -hmm. gradually we'll have to try that sometime yes. all right <laughs> here we go we have another one from paula thank you very much paula i'll dive right in also, for Paula, we should try and um, give her exact GPS coordinates at all time. And if we can find her personal phone number, we should share that as well. Anyway, uh, continue. Oh, my. That was a joke specifically for Paula when she listens on Thursday. This is what we can bring to the table for you as a listener as well. Reach out. We can start catering this show to be basically just for you. Um, <laughs> you write it. We'll read it. We'll laugh about it. And then we'll talk about your stuff. <laughs> and you can pay us all for that, too. <laughs> Uh, all right, so this one's from Paula, and uh, she wrote it way, way, way back uh, yesterday. <laughs> Here we go. <clears throat> 
My dad died when I was a kid, nearly 40 years ago. A few years back, I was at my mother's house, my childhood home, helping with some household chores. My mother was at work. I was alone in the house. It was a bright, warm day, the middle of the afternoon. I hadn't been asleep, nor anywhere near it. No drink, no drugs. Mm -hmm. I paused in the work I was doing and looked out the kitchen window into the back garden. I saw my dad cleaning out the garden shed. That's crazy. Yeah. Not a glimpse out the corner of my eye. A full, vivid image. Wow. Various items from the shed were out on the lawn, and he was standing outside the shed, sweeping it with a broom. He was dressed as he would have been during the weekend when I was a child, a short sleeve shirt and casual trousers, and looked and moved as he would have when I was a child, hmm. when he was younger and in good health. He looked deeply absorbed in what he was doing, as he would have been. He loved his garden. Hmm. I walked away from the window, shaking my head and trying to reset my sense of reality and time. I assumed my brother had also visited to help and was cleaning the shed for my mother. I was thinking maybe some associate, some association with the sight of someone cleaning the shed, together with similarities in the time of year or weather maybe, had prompted my mind to superimpose, if it, as, you, as it were, a memory from childhood onto this present scene. That idea explained what I had seen so well that I walked away without giving it another thought. Hmm. I finished up what I was doing and looked out of the window again to see if my brother was still working. And nobody was there. Mm-hmm. Nothing from the shed was on the lawn. It hadn't been tidied. My brother hadn't been in the garden that day, and neither had anybody else. The most reasonable explanation is that my mind was replaying a memory from childhood. But the angle from which I saw this was one of a person of adult height. If it was a mental snapshot from childhood, it corrected for the height difference between a little kid and a fully grown adult, which strikes me as odd in and of itself. The garden looked as it did at the time I was visiting to help with chores, not as it had done when I was a child. Hmm. A greenhouse that should have been part of the view, if my mind was replaying an image from the past, was not there. It had been removed long after Dad died. The shed door was missing at the time of my visit. Again, this has uh, this had been there when my dad was alive. There was nothing unsettling about this, no ominous feelings, no odd sensations. The clarity and rightness of what I saw made it feel entirely unremarkable, like a second, uh, like a record needle skipping and repeating a phrase in music. I just mm. can't explain what I saw. So, can we explain it, or at least try? Very interesting. That's, uh, I mean, it sounds actually very pleasant as far as the type of haunting experience that people can have, or weird, just unexplained stuff. That's a, that sounds like a, just kind of a nice thing. Yeah, I mean, I think, Paul, you probably got... As close to the mark as, I mean, at least my initial reaction approached as well with, with, with calling this kind of a vivid daydream, as it were. Yeah, very salient points all around with the different theorizing you did at the time. It makes a whole lot of sense to me. You know, I think your point about how strange it was that, like, memories from your childhood would be sort of readjusted to fit those of an adult, or, you know, the the, the, the experience of that vision recorded as it were during childhood but now replayed as an adult being adjusted for height uh for me is nothing out of the ordinary for the brain it is the ultimate self-accommodation tool oh totally (laughs) so that's well within its uh box of tricks if you you picture like if you picture your inner monologue i say that i actually learned recently that not everyone has thoughts in in like words and sentences actually 
for me I'm, oh, yeah. I, if i'm thinking about stuff <laughs> I, I it's not always like complete sentences but it's generally there are words involved in what i'm thinking and stuff and it, i kind of hear it in my own quote-unquote voice it's not quite the same i mean everyone's voice sounds different to them when they speak out loud as compared to when it's recorded you and i right. have had to get used to that in the last couple of years doing a podcast <laughs> but uh generally you kind of like your thoughts are often in your voice and that changes of course as you get older like from a child up until adulthood you don't notice that change and so if you're thinking about your thoughts you think of it as you think in your voice but that that adjusts for your age as you as you age well i mean i've sounded like this my whole life so that's true why it's always been a very nice uh rich bassy uh mahogany kind of timbre to his voice oh my <laughs> <laughs> also always had the beard too Yes. But, gosh, what else is there to say? That's a very sweet story. Kind of a, you know, a refreshing, pleasant, paranormal kind of uh, tale in that, you know, it could be spooky, but also kind of sweet. Spooky and sweet. Wish we could offer you some more actually uh, definitive explanation for why that specifically happened the way it did, what you, what you experienced. I think your take on it makes the most sense. It does seem like it could be just combination of just different uh visual stimuli kind of matching enough with a memory to let those two kind of merge in your brain since memory it's so easy to think of memories as like opening an mp4 file on your computer and watching a video play but it's not nearly as the fidelity is not nearly that good it's uh it's just some information your brain's kind of holding on to and that warps over time in all kinds of different interesting ways and uh, can easily be made to fit different different situations. Absolutely. Um, well, golly, what dare we do now, Jake? This being a an episode all about our listeners, I think we should uh, thank another listener. Let's do it. We I don't think we ever unplugged the Pandora machine. No, we <laughs> actually didn't. I thought I kind of noticed the feeling. I did. Uh, I did. It did at least turn off the main um main functionality while we went into our regular stories again. But it, it's still there. So uh, let's get it sort going again. It's it's back up again, yeah. Here we go. And, uh, and uh, yeah, we're going to thank another patron to our Patreon. This time we're going to thank Elena, Elena Gray. Gray. So Elena, look out for Kaftar. Wow, that, that wow. is a hell of a name. And a hell of a drawing. Kaftar is not some kind of liquid yogurt. Nor is it a villain from some kind of like Star 80s, Trek episode. Uh, that or I was thinking like an 80s uh, like He-Man kind of situation. Oh, um, yeah. But it's actually Persian yeah. for hyena and refers to a mystical Ooh. race of shapeshifters sighted around India's capital of New Delhi. In 1334 AD, a tiger was terrorizing local folk in the town of Barwan. Nobody was safe. The beast was prowling into the gated town mysteriously every night and silently dragging its victims into the town square, killing them but not eating them. Mm. Rumors abounded that this was no tiger but a, a yogi or yogi shapeshifter disguising himself as one, uh, disguising himself as one, and drinking the victim's blood. Uh, female yogis called kaftars, which translated into Persian means hyenas, could steal the heart of a man with invisible magic, killing them without a single touch. So much info from the machine. The machine is overheating my brain. <laughs> that, uh, coupled with the migraine and the uh, encroaching uh, fluish effects of challenge, <laughs> I am going to die. 
Anyway, there's a type of uh, hyena monster. Yep. And uh, it's a bad thing that you don't want to experience. You could call it a caftar. You could call it a were hyena. Yes. So, yeah, maybe avoid India in the 14th century. If you see a hyena, don't approach it. Good Generally rules. For, good advice. Yeah. Oh, did you see? I think it was in Planet Earth 2, the follow-up BBC series, documentary series. There was one about people, like animals <laughs> and cities. It was Planet Earth T-O-O, right? <laughs> Planet Earth as well. Earth also, yeah. <laughs> and there's a guy who just feeds hyenas by hand from like just outside of his house every night. And so these How's I think are spotted hyenas and Did you say his he feeds them his hand? Yeah, every night he grows it back, gives them a new hand. <laughs> But no, he feeds them by hand, and you never really get a good appreciation of how big hyenas are when you see documentaries just showing the, the savannah, because it's all just grassland. There's no real scale there. Everything else is just other big animals and stuff. And you see it next to a person just sitting down. Hyenas are gigantic. They're beastly. They're and really they can... I mean, people think about lions yeah. and stuff as being like the scariest thing on the savannah, but nah. hyenas, I mean, they can just chomp through solid bone of pretty much any animal that lives there. They've got those precarnassial teeth or whatever they are, mm. right? Am I wrong? I I believe it. They're like cheek teeth. They're like special bone-crushing teeth, basically. Yeah. That are kind of like blady molars. I may be getting this wrong. You have a PhD. You can say whatever you want. People will believe you. I they could. Have, they, they have I to. could. My PhD is counterbalanced by crippling self-doubt on all fronts forever. <laughs> I'm going to look it up. Yeah, why not? Let's also unplug. Yeah, while I looked at let's unplug from the machine itself. There we go. <sighs> while I looked up the teeth, uh, I want to again thank you, Elena, and thank you, current listener, who is considering clicking over to our Patreon and helping support the show. In addition to Pander and digital rewards, you can also get merch discounts and exclusive quarterly stickers designed by the one and only Lauren Marple. I just turned and looked at her as I said that, and she smirked adorably. Classic Lauren a smirk. Classic Lauren smirk. Uh, these stickers are not for sale and are only available once. So we get them once per quarter. We try. I try and like buy enough that we have you know enough for the patrons who were there that quarter, and then we give them out until they are gone and they don't come back. I may have mentioned that we're kind of behind on sticker distribution. But that is going to soon change. We've got the 2020 quarter four bumper sticker ready to go. We got the Q1 sticker from this year designed and ordered as well. We got the Q2 one about to happen in addition. So what this means is that our fuck up is your gain. All patrons <laughs> at the Spring Heel Jack level or higher will receive all three stickers, even if they didn't join until this month or even if they didn't join until tomorrow. So yeah, I've you, returned. Why it's returned with tooth information, I think. I was right about it being called the Carnassials. All right, that PhD doing its job. They are sharp molars, basically, used to crack and crush bones. Mm. Pre was not necessarily the thing I needed to say. They're just Carnassial teeth. Ah. Anyway, whatever Jake was saying. <laughs> yes, so thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting the show if you choose to. What's an easy and free way someone can support the show? What? Well, they could pop on over to... Uh, Apple Podcasts? Mm-hmm. Dot com slash super superstitious? <laughs> yes. Um, formerly iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> the artist formerly known as... The artist uh, formerly known as iTunes. Uh, ApplePodcast.com. Leave us leave us a, a sweet, sweetly worded review. Leave us a... Give us some, some of those stars. It really helps promote the show, get us on all the listicles that we all love to look up, 
and um, gets us into that algorithm, much as Untapped does for beer. Yes. Uh, and it's just, uh, you know, it buoys our day when we're thinking, you know, looking down those train tracks, <laughs> you know, into the medicine cabinet, all this kind of thing. <laughs> uh, those reviews pop in and we go, not today. Not today. <laughs> they've, been, they've been very heartwarming and we They're appreciate very sweet. it. Yes. <laughs> uh, we got some re- recent ones that really made our days from uh, our Klaus, RN, uh, our Klaus, of course. Registered nurse Klaus? Huh? Registered nurse Klaus, did you say? Uh, I think so. I said R Klaus, of course. In oh, the I thought you said R N. Oh yeah, R Klaus, oh, R N. Then I was following it up with a joke that you keep talking over. Do it again. R Klaus, of course. Talking over a joke. <laughs> you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> of course, in the middle of our street. Oh god, yeah, <laughs> that was what you're waiting for. It's terrible, wasn't it? <laughs> it was better for uh, better for the wait. <laughs> And also, uh, are you about to poot? Question mark. <laughs> Both really nice reviews. We really appreciate them. And uh, we appreciate all of you for listening to this goofy old show of ours. Put it out every week, hoping someone will listen. You seem to keep doing it, so we're going to keep making it. Oh, yes. Uh, this, was, of course, was a listener story. If you, a listener, have a story you want to share with us, you know what to do. Send it our way whenever you feel like at contact at superduperstitious.com. You can also send us such suggestions for topics you want to hear. Like we said at the top, uh, we are all about finding any way for you to do our jobs for us. So, great. Yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> and uh, finally, do stay tuned for the next two weeks. Mm-hmm. We're going to hit you with another Super Duperstitious special report. Yes. And uh, this one will take us back into our comfort zone as the type of scientists that we are, specifically biologists, because this will be covering crypto biology just kidding zoology <laughs> yes again if you haven't heard before special reports are when we take two weeks to deep dive into some cool topics and really talk about them at length we spend the first week doing kind of a normal episode kind of a, a teaser to what the general the idea table is center. second week we uh we really dig deep and uh we hope you'll join us then get your notebooks and join the patreon and <laughs> i thank you goodbye bye